Um, as I was sitting there, all I can think of was the hymn, Jesus Paid It All, All to Him I Owe. And then I was thinking, you know, Gerald brought it back to Matthew chapter 4, the temptations of Jesus. And then I was thinking of when Jesus said, who do you say that I am to his disciples? And what did Peter say? You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then I was thinking after the, Jesus is hanging on the cross, and what happens when He's finally, He gives up the Spirit, what is said from the centurion? Surely this was the Son of God. That's all I was thinking there. This is truly the Son of God. And we're going to start Mark next week, and it's all about Jesus, the Son of God. John the Baptist is out of the way. He prepared the way, and it's Jesus. Here we go. The ministry of Jesus, the life of Jesus, because He's the Son of God. He's going to bring healing. He's going to heal many, many people. He's going to bring people and say, hey, I'm coming to seek you. You're broken. I'm here. And then He's led to the cross and dies for us. But He doesn't stay in the grave, right? He raises from the dead. He's among the disciples and, you know, 500 people at one time and he's seen and then he ascends to heaven. He's like, I'm not going to leave you without a helper. The Spirit's coming. And then what do we have in us if we've said, God, you're the, Jesus, you're the Son of God, the Messiah. Spirit comes in on us and then we do mission work like Dario does, right? We teach the gospel in Sunday school because we have the Spirit in us. I don't ever want to preach up there from the pulpit or down here and not say, Jesus, 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 He's come to save you and me. And one day He's coming back. I don't know when that is. I'm not going to say a definite time because that's, you don't want to do that. Because God is going to say, Jesus, go back and bring us, bring them back to us. And going to live with eternity with Jesus and just praising, praising, praising. And also, Something that's going to be amazing. We're going to be singing with Chileans. We're going to be singing with Colombians. Irish, Scottish, Japanese, Koreans. Everybody. All tribes, tongues, languages. Isn't that going to be amazing? Have you ever been in a service where you're singing in your tongue? And somebody else is singing in their tongue. And somebody else is singing in their tongue. But you're singing the same song all in their own language. It's a beautiful thing. It's confusing, but it's beautiful. Because everybody's praising God for who He is. That's what I was thinking when I was sitting there. So I needed to share it. And now I want to talk about this. Why do we put this on the screen? We have a place back there where you give money. I would, this is what I wrote down at my desk, okay? Giving to the church family, question mark. At times, we don't want to talk about it or discuss how it should be done. What's the wise way to teach it or encourage it amongst the body of Christ? And all I could bring us to was 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Here's what Paul the writer says to this church, Corinthian church. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give, okay? Each of you should give. But here's the, the main phrase I want to kind of shout out, because watch. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I'm not going to come up to you and get you by the throat and say, you have to give money. Because it says, what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under force or compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you will be 
You can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity, there's another key word, in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for this, His indescribable gift. Did you catch some phrases in there? Generosity. You're not forced to do it. Generosity. You're giving because you say, God has given me something, so I'm going to give some back to His work here and around the world. So, it's not a forcing thing. I grew up sometimes and people say, hey, you're supposed to give, 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 give. Come on, Keith, what are you doing? But if that wasn't like my heart's desire at that time, I'm not going to give something because I wasn't a cheerful giver at times in my life. Right? I want to keep it. I, wanna, I need to pay for college. I need to do something when I'm growing up. But God loves a cheerful giver. If you see a need, give something. It doesn't have to be on Sunday. Let me make that clear. It doesn't have to be on Sunday. If it's a Monday, you're like, I've got to give to somebody. I'm going to give it. So before Dario comes up, I'm going to pray a prayer for the offering that it may be used in a God-pleasing way to further the gospel of Christ here and around the world. So let's pray. O Lord God, who art in heaven, holy, holy, holy are you. May these offerings received today be used for the furthering of your kingdom here and around the world. Place your blessing on those who have given generously today. Give us wisdom where to use this money received. We give you praise and glory. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Uh, we have the excited opportunity to hear from Dario Atura from Missionary in Chile and Colombia as well. They've planted four churches throughout Chile and Colombia, three or four total, three. Um, they're doing great work. Um, and one thing I noticed on his little flyer, okay, I like to look at flyers and bulletins and I noticed something that was, it just was like, yes, that is the key thing right there. Let's work with God. With God. Doing great things. God's at work, right? And we just got to join God and go do it. So I like that phrase. Let's work with God. Doing great things. Dario Arturo is going to come. Atura is going to come and speak about Chile and Colombia and his work, Latino American World Missions. So thank you, Dario, for taking time to come and speak to us today. Happy to, to be here, and uh, well, if you don't know, Latinos will love to speak longer, so hope you, you are ready. <laughs> no, uh, just in a couple of minutes, I want to share some uh, reflection on the word of uh, the Lord and also about what uh, we try to do with the Lord, as uh, Keith uh, were saying, in Chile and Colombia, but first of all, uh, well, I'm very happy to, to be here with my sister, Miriam. She's over there. Uh, Diana, my wife, she couldn't be here with my uh, daughters, but uh, they sent greetings to uh, all of you. Let me see. If, there you go. Well, there's a picture of my wife, Adriana. Some of you know Adriana, and Abby was just a, a, a girl, a baby, when uh, we were here. Uh, through Great Lake Christian College, and uh, well, they send greetings to all of you. Uh, uh, was a great time to spend here, also with Ferry family. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, they hope to be here in the future with myself and spend a time with all of you here at Ferris. Well, at the beginning also, I want to uh, bring some gratitude from Adriana and my daughters because as uh, some of you know, uh, a couple of years ago, she was diagnosed with cancer and uh, you were praying for, for us and especially for Adriana. And thank God she's fine, she's healthy. Uh, God, our Lord, good God, answer your prayers. So Adriana told me, you need to, you know, say thank you for me. So we want to thank you, and obviously my daughters and I, for all your prayers, support, and being with us during uh, that time. That was a, a kind of hard time for, for us. So thank you, thank you very much for being praying for, for Adriana. And also for, for our work in Chile and Colombia during this fight, uh, five years, during pandemic as well. So thank you, thank you uh, so much. Today, I want to uh, like to, to share in a few minutes our reflection, you know, in the Word of God. And, uh, and I want to talk about identity. So uh, please, if you can, uh, you can follow me through the book of Acts, chapter 11, verse 22. But today also I want to share about uh, our work in Chile and Colombia. I want to share just in a couple minutes what we are doing and what, what we want to keep doing with the Lord in South America. We know that the, there are many things that are happening in the world in these years. There are many things that have been happening that continue to happen around the church and within the church. When life seems to change radically, when society, culture change so fast, as a community of Christ, as a church, it is very important that we continue to look and walk in the right direction. I want to continue to be clear today about our true north, our identity as a Christian and as a Christian church. God has created us as Christians. God has created us, uh, created the church. It is therefore he who has given us a certain identity, an identity that defines us, that explains who we are, that guide us to make certain decisions and drive us to fulfill a certain mission in life. It might be that many things that are uh, happening in the world and in our lives make us lose sight of our true north, that we lose sight of our true identity as Christian and as the Church of Christ. One of the best places uh, that we can find in the Bible that remind us and explain us about our identity as a Christian and as a Christian church is the book of Acts. In Chile, in Colombia, we are working with all our churches right now in a series of sermons through the book of Acts. Because we want, um, we learn from the pandemic that we need to remind, you know, that who we are and also uh, we need a help from the Lord to, you know, uh, be sure about what we need to do in the future because who we are, our identity. So we are working in Chile, in our churches there in Colombia, to know more or, you know, take a look again in the book of Acts. And that's why I want to share about the chapter 11, verse 22 until 26. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit, and of faith, and considerable numbers were brought to the Lord, and he left for Tar Tarsus to look for Saul, 
And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Today, I, before I share of uh, our ministry, I want to you know, share uh, a reflection in two points about our passage of uh, today. First point, the identity of the church in Jerusalem. And second point, the identity of a servant, servant of Christ. I want to start with the first point, um, the identity of uh, the church in Jerusalem. All right. Well, in this passage, we can learn more about the church from the beginning. And we call, you know, the church through the book of Acts, the primitive church, the church of Christ. So in this uh, verse, we can uh, look through a window and go to the past and see and watch about our brothers. The brethren in the, the church in Jerusalem, but also we can watch and pay attention of a, a new community of Christians, a new church that was in Antioch. So first of all, we need to pay attention in the church in Jerusalem, at the church in Jerusalem. First of all, we can see that this church in Jerusalem was so uh, happy, we can say, that a new community of Christians were born in the north of Israel, Israel, the city of Antioch. At that time, three important cities uh, uh, were, you know, uh, uh, taking the attention of people at that time. The city of Rome, the city of Alexandria, and the city of Antioch. This city, Antioch, was a cosmopolitan city. A lot of people went there uh, you know, to do business. So this city was really important, and we can see after this passage in the book of Acts was so important in the plan of God. But first of all, the Bible said that uh, were some Christians going from Jerusalem, going to Antioch, because the persecution that the church had, you know, starting with uh, Stephen, so some Christians went to the north of uh, Israel, trying to go away from the persecution of Romans and also from the Jews. And the Bible said that uh, when these Christians went to Antioch, they shared the gospel. First of all, they shared the gospel with you. But also the Bible said that they also there are some Christians that shared the gospel with Gentiles. So in the city of uh, Antioch, we can find that this is maybe the first big community of Christian Gentile star and be part of the church at that time. When the news about the gospel being preached in this city in Antioch, the news came to Jerusalem, to the church, and we, we know that in Jerusalem also with the church were the leaders, the apostles, so it was a really good news for them. And we can see that the, the church in Jerusalem, they not only uh, were maybe talking with themselves uh, about, this is really good. I mean, God is doing something great in Jerusalem. The passage shows us that was a really good news for the church and leaders. So we see through this passage that also when they received the news, the church in, in Jerusalem, they want to support this new Christian. When they received the news about what the Lord was doing in Antioch, uh, the community of the church in Jerusalem, they... they they want to do something for them, for the new brothers in Christ. So first of all, we can see that the church in Jerusalem was so excited about this new community of Christians. Secondly, the church in Jerusalem, they do not think only in themselves. Through this passage, we can see that when the church in Jerusalem received the news, you know, of having... You know, uh, new brothers in this city, Antioch, uh, they were thinking and do something for them. So the passage shows us that uh, they tried to send somebody to this new community in Antioch, new community of Christians. The church in Jerusalem, they uh, don't think about to keep the best brothers or Christian at the church in Jerusalem. They want to share also with the, you know, new Christian, the best that they had. Best brothers and that um, everything should be done in Jerusalem. I mean, they were 
not assured that was thinking that, you know, we need to keep the good things in Jerusalem. Everything happened in Jerusalem. We received the Holy Spirit. The Lord died in Jerusalem. He rise from the dead in Jerusalem. So we received the, the, the Holy Spirit. We start preaching here in Jerusalem. And we have a lot of miracles from the apostles here in Jerusalem. They were not thinking everything must to happen in Jerusalem. So when, received, when they received the news, they understood that God was working in other place, in another place. So also, the church in Jerusalem, they decide to do something for this new community. They look beyond their borders, not only in Jerusalem. Thirdly, the church in Jerusalem sent one of the very trustworthy brothers that they had, Barnabas. What the chosen person for this church in Jerusalem to send and help this new community of Christians in Antioch. We can see that the church in Jerusalem, part of uh, his uh, identity as a church, they send people. They don't keep people. Usually in our churches, we want more people coming to our churches, right? We don't think in... We want to send people. We want more people coming. So if we see more people coming to our congregation, we are happy. We, 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 we feel better uh, as a pastor, leaders, missionaries. But we can see that the church in Jerusalem, they were so excited and ready to send people. Not only to keep people. So this shows us part of the identity of the church from the very beginning. The primitive church. So we can see that the, the church in Jerusalem, they were not only thinking themselves. They don't want to keep for themselves the good things that God gives us, blessings, people. They were thinking beyond their borders. But also we can see through the passage in, in the book of Acts chapter 11 that the church in Jerusalem has a church of Christ. They try to send people, not keep people. We cannot stop trying to be like the primitive church, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, the church that was built by the hard work of the apostles and the influence of the Holy Spirit. We need to keep imitating the church because show us who we are as a church of Christ. Show us our identity as a Christian. Secondly, the second main point uh, I want to share with you, it's about the identity of a servant of Christ. In this passage, we can, you know, see the church in, Jer in Jerusalem, this new community of Christians in Antioch, but we can read about Barnabas in this passage, in this verse. Who was Barnabas? Well, we can find some information about this Christian in the book of Acts. It's where we can have more information about Barnabas. The, in the book of Acts chapter 4, uh, verse 36, tell us about this Christian. Tell us that uh, he was, Barnabas, a disciple of Christ. His truly name, the name of Barnabas, was Joseph. We know that he was not an apostle like the twelve. We know that he was not a deacon at the church in Jerusalem. We don't, we don't know that he was just a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just a Christian. Just a brother in the church of Jerusalem participating with the congregation in trying to serve the Lord and serve people. What else we can know about Barnabas? The Bible shows us that this Joseph uh, Barnabas was a Christian who sought to put the well-being of others before his own well-being. And that is why the apostles give to Joseph a great nickname, Barnabas. That means, this nickname Barnabas means son of encouragement. Because this disciple of Christ, he was so ready to encourage others. I'm sure that if you have somebody like a Barnabas here at Ferris, you will be very happy to be with that person every Sunday, every day of the week. 
I want to be with that brother, uh, that sister, but because always find a way to encourage me. He was, the Bible say about Barnabas, a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. He had a very good testimony between the apostles and between the church in Jerusalem. Also, we know that he was a brother who was interested in new believers. He sought to, to help them, uh, help new Christians integrate to the church. He helped a new Christian called Saul of Tarsus to be integrated in the church in Jerusalem. The book of Acts shows us that when Saul of Tars became a Christian, he started from the very beginning preaching the gospel of Christ. He wants to be part of the community of Christ, the church. And the Bible says that after a time, Saul of Tars, uh, Tarsus tried to visit the church in Jerusalem. And the Bible said that when he came to be with, you know, the church in Jerusalem, with all the background and history about what God did in Jerusalem, he tried to be with the church. But the Bible said that the church was kind of maybe scared to be with Saul. And looks like the church in Jerusalem rejects Saul. Obviously, because he was, you know, <laughs> somebody was persecuting Christians. We don't want to be just with people that don't like us, right? I mean, we want to, and we try to be with people that, you know, they feel good with us, that love us. Uh, they are kind with us. So maybe the church in Jerusalem, I mean, there were some, you know, worries about this new brother. Maybe he's not a real or true Christian. But the Bible said that when this happened, Barnabas took Saul and introduced Barnabas to the apostle. And the Bible said that Barnabas shared with the apostle about Saul, that he was so committed preaching the gospel, you know, being uh, a disciple of Christ. And also the Bible said that Barnabas tried to integrate this new brother in Christ with the leaders in Jerusalem, but also with the church. Barnabas was a person always trying to encourage new Christians and help new Christians to be part of a Christian community. Because of these qualities that we can see in the book of Acts about this disciple of Christ, Barnabas, you know, the leaders for sure, the leaders in Jerusalem and the church in Jerusalem, they, they uh, thought in him you know, for a person to send to Antioch. They were maybe thinking, we need to help these new brothers in Christ in Antioch. So who? Who can be the right person to send? And for sure, the apostles and the church in Jerusalem, they decide, they talk about Barnabas. He is the right person that we can send to this new community. So the church, the leaders in in Jerusalem, gave to Barama this important mission in Antioch. Help new Christians, this, this new community. The new Christian that uh, was, you know, trying to find a way to follow the Lord Jesus. They need some help, somebody that can teach them to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So Barnabas was the right person. And keep also a person to keep sharing the gospel in this Gentile community in the city of Antioch. So what we can learn from uh, this passage in, in a, a book of Acts and about Barnabas. As a church, as a Christian, we cannot stop having Barnabas in our congregations. We need Barnabas. We need brothers that encourage us we need brothers that uh, they are so ready to help people to fix at the church. When I became a Christian, uh, you know, with some crazy missionaries going to chill and preaching the gospel over there, you know, after I became a Christian, it was kind of hard for me to fix at the church, trying to understand a lot of things at the church. I grew up in the street in Chile, you know, playing soccer and having some fight with people, trying to be a tough uh, youth or kid over there. So when uh, I start to be part of the Christian community, it was kind of hard for me to see people that was kind, you know. Uh, they always with a smile and, you know, there's some things that was hard at that time for me, like uh, the Lord's Supper. 
So at that time, I need somebody that helped me to understand, to fix, you know, to, to be part of the church. And thank God they have a, a person that helped me, another youth. And his nickname wasn't Barnabas. His nickname was Crazy, you know. <laughs> the church called this youth Crazy because, you know what? He was crazy, you know, and he was the right person at that moment to help Dario to fix to understand the church. He needed a crazy Christian to help him. We cannot stop having and looking for Barnabas in our congregations. Maybe God is calling you to be a Barnabas. We need, you know, sisters. We need women, ladies. That also can be like a Barnabas in our congregations. We need this kind of Christian that reminds us what is the identity of a true servant, disciple of Christ. A servant Christian. The book of Acts is our inspiration as a ministry in Latin American world mission in Chile and Colombia. The book of Acts is still happening for us. It's not finished for us. For us in Latin American World Mission, we try to keep the characteristic that we see in the church in Jerusalem and also the characteristic that we can see in Barnabas, this disciple of Christ, because they show us our identity as a Christian church. They show us our identity about us as a Christian, show us whom we must to be. We want to reflect the primitive church, keep the same values, and keep the same mission. Just one mission, and we want to accomplish this mission very simple, in a very simple way. In our ministry, we are working in two countries right now, in Chile and Colombia. And we have five points that is our inspiration for everything that we try to do in Chile and Colombia. The first point Share the gospel of Jesus, our Lord. The second point is make disciples. We are working really hard from the very beginning to make disciples. For us, the process of our disciple doesn't start with baptism. For us, the process, you know, for make a disciple start in the first very point. Share the gospel. When we share the gospel with a non-Christian, non-believer, in that right moment, we are trying to make a disciple. We don't want to wait for more days coming to start the process. We are trying to, from the very beginning, make a disciple, make a disciple. The third point is start new churches. Because like uh, we can see in the book of Acts, when people decide to follow Christ, they need a community. They need the church. The church is a creation of God. So we want to start new churches because we know that it's really important for new Christians to be part of the church. So the fourth point is train servant leaders because we need help. The passage that we read in this morning said that when Barnabas was in Antioch and for sure the church was growing, he figured out that he needs some help. And the Bible said that he thought in Saul, of Tar- in Saul of Tarsus. So he went to Tarsus and trying to find Saul and bring him with, with him to Antioch to keep working over there. Barnabas was a wise man and he knows that he needs some help. We need some help in the mission field in Chile and Colombia. You know, uh, my youngest daughter, Antonia, sometimes called me daddy, but sometimes also called me grandpa. Because, you know, I'm getting old, and she wants to play with me, be like the clown of the family, and call me grandpa. No, you, you will not call me grandpa. Yeah, I'm getting old, you know, and sometimes I'm tired about work over there. But, uh, yes, life goes on, and we are not thinking only in, in ourselves to do the job. We need help. So we try, and also in Chile and Colombia, train servant leaders, people that can work with us and keep working after us. The fifth point is send leaders to do the same. Share the gospel, make disciples, start new churches, and train new uh, servant leaders. Right now, uh, in Chile and Colombia, uh, we are trying, like I said, uh, working very hard in making disciples. So we try to uh, 
the way that we uh, make disciples or having this uh, process or program to make disciples, we use what we call houses of faith. So in every city right now, we have three churches planted or started, and we are looking forward to start a fourth uh, church in, uh, that is going to be in Santiago, Chile. But in every city, we are working in different houses. You know, we call these houses or families that we meet every day of the week houses of faith. Because it's a home, it's a house, it's a place where people can go there and know how to have faith in God. So we try to help them. You know, faith, you know, you can trust in God in this way, and we teach the Bible, and we use only the Bible. We don't use any kind of a book, not because they are bad, but we want that people read the Bible from the very beginning. They can know the Bible from the first day they, that they approach to the church of God. So we are working these houses of faith, and also it's the way that we use to disciple new Christians. We want them, we want that they continue working, you know, be faithful to God, and we try to help them so their faith can grow as a Christian. So that's why we are working with these houses of faith. In Chile, we have a house of faith every day of the week. In uh, Colombia, the pastor that we have, he's working with houses of faith from Monday to Sunday. So we are happy to have these houses of faith, people could be uh, for people, new people, the first step uh, approaching to the church. So they are very confident to make a lot of questions. We have these uh, uh, houses of faith, and we challenge people. We ask people, if you have questions, just shoot in. You know, give me a question. We want to answer. We want to teach you the Bible, but if you have a question, this is the right moment. So we want to have, uh, give, uh, have in these houses of faith, you know, a moment for people to be like uh, they want to be free and, you know, and make questions. It's the right process and right moment for us to help them understand, you know, God, Christ, the gospel, the kingdom of God. Uh, we already uh, have three churches, like uh, Keith was uh, saying, uh, and we have two churches in Chile. In Santiago, the capital of Chile, we have one. And also we start a new church in the city of Melipilla. Melipilla is a city close to the capital, Santiago, one hour, one hour driving. So we are very happy for these two churches in Chile. And also we have a church in Barranquilla, Colombia. That is northern Colombia. Uh, we continue, like uh, we were reading in the Bible, we continue sending people from Jerusalem. We try to send people, uh, call people from Jerusalem to Antioch, to Chile. Um, so we want to, you know, trying to invite people, friends from here, from Jerusalem, and encourage them to visit the mission field in Chile through short-term mission trip. Thank God, since uh, I was at Great Lake Christian College, we have... Uh, different groups going to Chile and helping us like uh, we were reading with our churches in uh, specifically in Santiago, Chile. So the purpose of our church on mission trip, you know, is uh, especially help new churches that we start. Also, like uh, I was saying, we need people like uh, Saul. Saul, we know through the Bible that he was so prepared. He was a very good theologian. You know, and we can see through the Bible that he was a really good leader. So obviously, Barnabas, when he was needing some help, he thought in Saul, I need this kind of people that is prepared, Christian prepared. So we have this Bible Institute in Chile that uh, we have the intention to use this Bible Institute to share what I learned in Great Lake Christian College, but also to train more servant leaders. Thank God we start with three students the first year and today we have 13 students we had a student from chile from peru from colombia and we have more people asking from different countries in south america right now because pandemic we have only uh, online classes but we are looking forward in the future to have face-to-face classes in the city of melipilla in chile and continue with online classes so this is a really important part of our ministry trying new leaders because we need help. 
We have a lot of opportunities. I can tell you a lot of opportunities in Chile and Colombia to share the gospel. But sometimes we are kind of short because we don't have uh, too, many, uh, too much help over there. We need people like uh, Saul, you know, and somebody that help us to keep preaching, teaching the gospel. So um, Barnabas need the help, you know, uh, of the work that he was doing in Antioch. And we keep praying for help for us. So please keep us in your prayer for more leaders, servant leaders that can work with us. We uh, keep looking in the future for some goals in our ministry in Chile and Colombia. We want to keep going, keep pushing, you know, and working with the Lord um, if he can, uh, wants to, you know, use us. We want to start a new church in Santiago, Chile. This is going to be the third uh, church in Chile. Uh, and, and we are uh, praying and planning for the city of Santiago. Santiago, the capital of Chile, is a big city, 8 million of people. So we have opportunities, you know, to start new churches. Right now we have people waiting to start this new church. We have new Christians, uh, and we want to, you know, work with them and, and start this new church in other, pla- other part of the city in Santiago. Uh, thank God, also in Chile, we are having right now people coming from Venezuela, from Colombia, from Bolivia, from Peru, living in Chile, you know, going for a better life. In, in our congregation in Santiago, we have people from Peru, from Colombia, from Venezuela, you know. So we are very happy that we can share the gospel also with people from different parts of South America. And we want to keep, uh, you know, Uh, taking these opportunities from the Lord. Uh, Also, we will continue, you know, working with short-term mission trip. And we are planning for our next short-term mission trip to Chile in January. But also, uh, I'm praying and we will uh, be working also on the first short-term mission trip going to Barranquilla, Colombia. It's going to be the first one. So we hope, with the help of the Lord, going uh, next year or maybe in 2020. Well, this is some picture of uh, our new church in in Melipilla. It's a a really uh, new community of Christians. We have uh, great people uh, over there. We are so happy. We tried to, you know, start this church uh, before pandemic, and when we were having a very good beginning, uh, pandemic came. Okay, so we had to stop all our work with our churches in Chile because the restriction from the government in Chile was so hard. I mean, for around a year and a half, we couldn't uh, go outside without a special permission from the government, only two times per week for just four hours to buy some groceries or, or you know, uh, go to do uh, some paperwork was really hard. Churches stopped to, uh, you know, with the face-to-face meetings in Chile. So after pandemic, we had to start, you know, again the process with the church in Melipi, and thank God the church is growing. Right now we rented, uh, we rented a place that is in the picture. The, this is the very uh, first place for the church in Melipi. The church, uh, we're so happy to have a place to use um, all data of the week. So we rented just a couple of days before I traveled to the U.S. In our next short-term mission trip to Chile, we want to go with a group of friends from here and help this new church. We'll have pro- uh, construction projects, and for sure I'm talking a lot with Tony Russell every day. You know, we have some opportunities in Chile, you know. Well, Tony visited us uh, several times in Chile, but I want to be sure that uh, he's going again. So, yeah, we'll have construction projects. We will try to build or make a new room for kids, only for kids. We will have, you know, paint opportunity for painting, remodeling. Um, the Brethren and, and Melipia are working to have more space for, for meetings. So, yeah, in, in our short-term mission trip, we'll try to do BBS, work with kids, teaching English, you know, for a week, seven days, eight days, kids and adults. We'll have opportunities for preaching, share the, you know, the gospel in Chile, and, and also uh, 
you know, we try to have a special day for, for our friends to, to know more about the culture and, and, you know, the country. So we have this cultural trip that is for a day. We want them to try Chilean food that is kind of close to the USA, uh, you know, food and, you know, see uh, other places of uh, the country. So we're excited with this new church. We are praying right now. We don't have uh, other leaders I'm still working with this church from here online through internet. So almost every day I have somebody writing me or, you know, somebody, Pastor, we have some problems. We need help. We need you. So uh, the church is very excited to, you know, go forward. And we are trying to, you know, work very hard with them with this new church in, in Melipilla. Also, uh, we are, uh, you know, dreaming in our ministry, and this is a really big dream for us, is having a, a land, you know, buy a land so we can use in, in Chile for our ministry for different purposes, church facilities to have camp for kids, youth, and, and uh, you know, family, uh, having the Bible Institute in this land and have some seminar for leaders. Uh, we are looking forward to use this land also for new generations. So this is a really big dream, and we are praying for God's provision, uh, you know, to maybe have this uh, property and keep going in our ministry. Well, thank God uh, the church that we have in, in Colombia, in Barranquilla, also is growing. Uh, we have a national pastor that is working in, with the church in Barranquilla, northern Colombia, we hope with Adriana and my daughters, our daughters, going to visit the church in December. So please keep us on your prayers. We want to go there like a, maybe for six weeks. Adriana can be with uh, her family after maybe, uh, well, five years and three years being uh, that he was with um, outside of Colombia and not see uh, her parents. So please keep us in, in your prayers. And also... We want to go to Barranquilla, Colombia to prepare the next short-term mission trip next year with the help of God. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming and start a second church also in Barranquilla, and we are praying for God's direction because Barranquilla also is a big city too, around 2 million people, and it's a really nice uh, uh, people and city, and uh, they are very open, very open to the gospel. So please keep us on your prayers about this trip to uh, Colombia uh, next year. This is going to be also uh, a new ministry for us, a uh, project that is an English academy that we want to start in Chile so we can use uh, this uh, ministry uh, teaching English, you know, to teach Christian values to new generation, but also we want to use the English Academy to connect people with the gospel and connect non-Christian people with the church in Chile. So please keep us on your prayer because we need teachers, we need people, friends that can teach online or go to Chile maybe for, for some month to, to work with us in this uh, new ministry. Well, I want to just thank you for this time to, to share some information with all of you about uh, what the Lord is doing in Chile and Colombia through us. We hope to keep working with the Lord. We are so happy. I'm, I'm really, uh, uh, you know, um, living a dream, serving the Lord in Chile and Colombia. Uh, but also, I want to let you know that you are part of our work in Chile and Colombia. You are here but also you are there. Uh, you are in our memories, uh, in your support and your prayers. So you are part of what the Lord is doing in Antioch. So um, church, uh, just keep going forward with the Lord and praying, looking for some opportunities from the Lord here in Chile, Colombia, or other mission field that you are supporting. But I want to just thank you uh, and thank uh, Pastor Keith and also elders for the opportunity to share about the world, the, the world, uh, the word of the Lord, and also our ministry in this day. God bless you. of God from Acts. I love that passage. Um, Barnabas is one of my favorite characters because 
encouragement. Um, every time I fill out a, you know, one of those identity things, what are you good at? That's my first thing. I'm, I'm an encourager. That's what I always put down first. Um, so I hope that was encouraging to you. It was to me. As, we, as the praise team comes up and we're going to sing our last song, but remember, there's always two opportunities to make a decision and more. Um, but if you need to say, Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, you can make that today. Um, all you got to do, it's a hard thing to repent of your sins, but we're broken. We're sinners. You have to recognize that. And all you need is a Savior, which is Jesus, the only person that can save us from sins. And then you confess Him as Lord and Savior. You're baptized into Christ, but we don't keep you under the water. You're not stay, you don't stay dead. You come back and you're raised a new life in Jesus. And this Holy Spirit comes on you. You're going to live a life that's different. Now, you're not going to be instantaneously changed. I wasn't when I was 12. I came out of the water and I was not magically changed into this perfect human being Christian. It takes time. It's a lifelong process that we're waiting for Jesus to come back, but we're learning and growing every day, I hope. Because I know I do. I learn and grow every single day. I'm like, ah, I didn't know that. I've got to keep learning and growing and growing and growing in faith. And you can also make a decision to join this family at Ferris. We'd love to have you. Um, and there's also a third one. If you want prayer, um, don't feel ashamed. Um, if you want prayer, come seek somebody out that you trust and say, can you pray for me today? Whatever you need prayer for. Um, seek somebody out. We're here for you. I'm here for you. Um, so if you need to make a decision, I'll be up here. Um, but let's sing our last song. I'm going to go ahead and say a short prayer, and then we'll sing our last song. God, thank you so much for today and just hearing about the work that you're, you're doing through Dario and the, the, the missionaries and the pastors and teachers and the workers there in Chile and Colombia. Thank you for the work that you're doing through them. Um, help us to continue to pray for them and to also just join you wherever you want us to go. So thank you for Dario and his family and the workers that are in Chile and Colombia. Please bless them as they have a short time left here in the States, but as they go back, keep them safe Protect them as they, Dario and Miriam go back. Um, thank you for their um, time here in the States with us, even today for a short time. Thank you for that. You are a wonderful God and a God that is above everything. So help us to understand that and be righteous um, and live by faith. So thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us stand as we sing together the power of your love.